Good afternoons once more. Uh, it's exactly five minutes past three, and we'll now start. We are giving uh, that five minutes for other people to join. Uh, my name is Michael Lokini. I'm the head of sales at Mchanga, and thank you so much for taking your time to join this webinar. So we will start immediately. Uh, with me is my colleague, Naomi Sang. Naomi, you'll kindly just introduce yourself as we start. Yeah, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Naomi Sang, and I lead our communications and marketing for Mchanga. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for that, Naomi. Uh, for those who are maybe joining us for the first time and you don't know what Mchanga is, Mchanga is an online fundraising platform that provides Kenyans with a secure, transparent, and convenient way to raise funds. We ensure that fundraisers reach their fundraising goals quickly, easily, and with the lowest cost possible. Mchanga, in Mchanga, we have very unique features. We are having uh, some amazing features that uh, we that are there to at least uh, give our fundraisers easy and quick way to raise funds. And today we've just come up with a very interesting and amazing topic under the features that we are having that if utilized well, will really give us the ease to reaching more audience and even having a successful fundraising. So without wasting time, I'll just take this time to again, take it back to my colleague Naomi to just take us forward as we discuss further to this un unique feature that is about she she's going to introduce to us. Thank you so much and Karibu Sana Naomi. Okay, thank you so much, Michael, for the introduction. And also thank you everyone who has found time to uh, come and be with us today. And uh, I think uh, a nice way to start this session would have been with me saying the words Paukwa and having all of you say Pakawa. But I think because we have uh, almost 47 people here, that will cause a little bit of uh, chaos with the noise. I will let this be a monologue and you can uh, join me from where you are. And I will say Paukwa and uh, I'll just respond to myself and say Pakawa. And uh, why do I choose? <laughs> okay, thank you, Michael, for that. Yeah, uh, why do I choose to start with these two words is because I believe each and every one of us uh, in the session, you are very familiar with these words. And in that familiarity, it is also in uh, the similar way that I believe that we all understand the we all understand the influence the stories have, not only to us as individuals, but to us as an African people. And for that, uh, over the years, I believe we've been able to see uh, how stories have been able to bring us together, how stories have demonstrated how similar we are as a people, and also how stories have given uh, our storytellers the chance to be able to uh, relate and uh, explain to us uh, what they would love for us to uh, hear and understand in uh, using different techniques. And now understanding this, the amount of influence that stories have and also how powerful a tool it is. Today, we hope to have this discussion where we are now going to be able to learn, share on how we can now use this tool to influence the success of our fundraisers. And so I hope that we are all going to have a, a fun and exciting session. And also, please feel free to ask all the questions. We'll be happy to answer them. And also, uh, we look forward to learning from you guys. And uh, just to uh, now move on to introduction of the speakers, I would like to introduce our first speaker, who is Eunice Kilonzo. Eunice Kilonzo, if you know Eunice, you know Eunice loves stories. And for that, she is a, she is a non-multimedia storyteller 
who has uh, close to 10 years experience in, the, in uh, award-winning content generation in the field of health, science, and development. Currently, Eunice serves at Safaricom as the content manager, and her, she has previously worked uh, at the at UNEP as a consultant where she was telling stories about coral reefs, also at the African Population and Health Research Center, where she was working closely with uh, researchers and scientists to help them break down the complex uh, science issues into a language that as the common Wananchi can be able to properly understand. She has also worked at Nation Media Group as a senior health reporter and also uh, runs an online uh, storytelling uh, campaign called Kalunde Lands that tells stories about creators. And just from that, you can tell that sto uh, stories and Eunice, uh, same, same was up here. So Eunice, uh, please say hi to us and then uh, we can uh, introduce the next speaker. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Naomi. Gosh, okay. Well, you know, when, when someone when you hear someone talk about you, you're like, oh my God, is that me? <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to share some of the lessons that I've picked uh, along the way around storytelling and more so around storytelling for fundraising, which will have an exciting session in a short while. Yeah, uh, let me not preempt anything. Let me take it back to Naomi so that... Uh, I wait for my turn. <laughs> okay, uh, thank you, Eunice. So our second speaker is uh, Matt Roberts Davis. And Matt, uh, if you've been in the field of fundraising, you most likely know Matt. He's been uh, practicing crowdfunding since uh, around 2015. And he has a vast experience in the field with his main mission being that he hopes that every African individual, business, and organization has access to crowdfunding. And uh, in line with this mission, he's been able to uh, currently, he serves at uh, Thunder Fund, which is a reward-based crowdfunding platform that operates in South Africa, Gambia, and Kenya as the COO. And previous to that, he was working at uh, Mchanga as well as the general manager. And uh, also, uh, Matt has worked uh, prior to his experience in crowdfunding with uh, significantly uh, big uh, fintech companies that uh, raise funds to support entrepreneurs and so through this experience and the experience he has gained uh, over the years he will be able to really relate to us uh, the concept of storytelling and how it applies mostly to businesses and organizations and um, he is yet to join but he will be joining in uh, in about uh, three minutes he was just stuck in traffic yeah and uh, we will he will be able to say hi to us when he joins for now please let's uh, enjoy the session make sure you learn something and uh, we can have Eunice uh, taking us through the session on storytelling. So welcome Eunice. Thank you so much Naomi. So uh, I will go right up and share my screen. Um, okay, uh, just a second. Um, I don't know if you guys can see my screen. Yes, we can. Oh, oh, sorry, I jumped, I jumped the gun. Okay, so um, as, as you've been mentioned, as, as uh, Naomi has mentioned, my name is Eunice, I love to tell stories. And I hope that uh, from this uh, session, the next uh, uh, um, eight or so slides, you'll be able to see how each of us uh, can tell stories and how stories are very important um, in all that we do, uh, regardless of which point uh, you're in, uh, you can tell your story very well. Uh, so still, um, just, just so that we, we get a sense of what this, why this is important, uh, I want you to understand that, um, you know, storytelling and fundraising are really almost the same, they're all they're, they're somewhat similar. 
uh, in, in the sense that fundraising is a very human-centered enterprise. You don't do fundraising on your own. You don't do it, um, you know, organizations just don't set up to do fundraising. They're doing it for people the same way as stories. Stories are about people, are, are about community, are about love, are about passions, are about issues that people are very, you know, that affect them so deeply that they want to talk about. So you will see that the similarities in, in storytelling and fundraising are really critical, uh, even as you're moving forward into, into how you do it best, how you do it better, and how you can um, you can use that to, you know, to um, achieve your ends uh, that you set out to do in fundraising. Um, still tied on this is that uh, fundraising, most times people, when, when they think about fundraising, they're thinking about, oh, it's, it's, a, it's money, you know, someone asks for something, then they get it. But uh, it shouldn't be like that, because fundraising, as I've mentioned, is really about the community, it's about the people, it's about sharing uh, those issues that are very important to us and seeing and bringing in people to sharing those uh, concerns as well. Okay, and so... Uh, I'll go to the second slide and, and here uh, it really just tells you what stories are about. Stories are about power. At the top of it, really, at the top there, it's about power. And, and power here means, uh, you know, the capacity to influence uh, the actions, you know, the beliefs, the conduct of people. So stories have that capacity. They have that, the, the, the stories that you read and you're moved to action, you know, you're like, okay, uh, can I put in my five dollars? Can I put in my five shillings? Can I put in? So it moves you. The others have not have done it, but you 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 did it. But at the back also is that stories are about emotions. You know, stories are about uh, things that move us. Uh, they 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 have a particular mission. They they tell us, okay. So if I'm I'm doing a story about uh, uh, access to healthcare services, the emotion there is to. Um, if this is what happens if you don't get uh, the services. This is what happens if uh, if you get uh, timely treatment. So they they trigger something in you. They move you, and of course, stories are about impact. You know the impact that. Uh, if as an organization, the impact that you're having in the community, as a person, the impact that you're having on, on the people around you. So stories have that uh, possibility and have these three really strong uh, superpowers. And so um, when you think about stories, uh, stories are really uh, are a state of the heart technology. Most times you hear state of the art and all that, but when you think about it, stories are state of the heart because they speak to you you know, the, the voices, the, the people that, uh, um, uh, you know, people who look like you, people who sound like you, they speak to your heart. And so, I mean, without, without much saying really, they connect us to others. Um, as, we, as it is now, our biggest story that everybody across the world is sharing right now is COVID. COVID is our biggest story that we are all uh, going something all of us they touch uh, at, at our heart so you'll see how then uh, knowing that it, 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 it's something that is of the heart how then do you make sure that uh, you tell a story a fundraising story that connects not just to others in terms of their heart but also in their minds and then also ultimately to work together in community to get the support that you that you need okay and so um, whenever people are thinking about a story, some, some, probably there are those of us in this, in this meeting who know, um, you know what a story looks like. The journalists know, you know a story, you know the, the people and such. And I want to give you, this is a cheat, little cheat code of what, if you're thinking about doing your story, a fundraising story, these are some of the things you need to think about. You need to think about one, the people. Who is telling this story? Whose voice is telling this story? So if you're fundraising uh, on issues around say, uh, you need um, money to go to India, for instance, to get a, a kidney transplant. 
you are the person. This is your voice. This is the, the person who's talking about this. So whenever you're doing your fundraising story, it has to be very clear. Don't make it very, don't make it vague where you don't have, um, you know, you don't have people or, or the voice of people who, who, uh, who matter or people who's affected by the problem, which brings me to the second point. Uh, fundraising stories are about uh, what is the problem? What is the conflict? Uh, in the instance of going to India, the story could be, I need to get a kidney transplant. It could be something around you're mobilizing people to raise money, uh, you know, to support um, uh, issues of climate change, for instance. So that is the problem. It's a conflict. It's, it's shifting what you already know, what, you, what you're passionate about. It's, it's challenging that. Then there's the so what, so what that uh, this is happening. So what that, uh, you, you know, you need, you need this particular treatment or you, so what that you need, um, you need the community to gather around and support your cause. The so what here could be if we do not act, let's say if it's a climate uh, change concern, if we do not act in good time, then we, will, we wouldn't have a plan to stay in. So then, you know, so then you have to be very clear on the so what, what, what why should we as an audience care about your concern? And the impact, the impact of the, the problem uh, on the person's life, as well as the impact of what that uh, support will do to this person. So uh, for a fundraising story would be, uh, please help me uh, raise 500,000. I need to go to India for a kidney transplant so that I can go back to school, so that I can, I can get back to work, so that I can support my family. Uh, if you do this, then I, I will continue doing one, two, three, four, five. The impact is very clear. Stories, uh, fundraising stories, the biggest, uh, the biggest ask, and you'll see this a lot, is the call to action. What are you asking someone to do? Are you telling them, please contribute $5? Please share this with your network. So it's, it's a very clear call to action because then the audience is not just reading to say, oh, okay, I've seen this, I've seen this uh, story that you've written, but what are you asking them to do? But above all, uh, uh, you know, fundraising stories, it has to be truthful. And this is very important because we know, uh, we've seen cases of people, you know, coming up with fictitious stories, uh, stories on, on, you know, with fraudulent, oh, I need money because I need to go to school. And then you discover, oh, this person actually, they were just fundraising to do something else. So a good fundraising story has to be truthful. It has to be authentic. It has to, to really, you don't, you don't need to force anything. You say it as it is, and it has to be personal. If I get this help, I will be able to do, you know, it's very personal. It speaks to that person. So you need, whenever you're thinking of a story, think about the people, the fundraising story, and, and it, it, you could use it in so many ways. If you're fundraising for your organization, say you want to raise money so that you can, um, you can set up a, toilets or libraries or whatever, who is going to benefit from this? What problem are you trying to solve? The so what, the impact, the call to action of your audience. And then of course, bringing in the truthness, I mean, the truthfulness of, of, of what your issue is about, making sure it's authentic and it's personal, okay? And so now that you know what, uh, what entails or what is entailed in, in a good fundraising story, then the, the next question would be, okay, so what formats can I use? You know, Mchanga provides a platform where you go in, you put in your story, uh, you can upload your photos, you can upload, you know, uh, uh, you know, supporting documents and such. So when you're thinking of it in, in, in the bigger scheme of things, really it's about the format. The story could be in terms of text saying, hi, this is Eunice, this is what I've done. This is, you know, it could be, the text bit. 
but also the format could be in terms of pictures. It could be in terms of, uh, you know, infographics uh, that would show, uh, let's say, if, if you're talking about, uh, let's fundraise to, to plant 5 million trees in one year. An infographic would look like uh, for, you know, you could, you could say for every 50,000 trees that are planted, this is what it means. So you could do that very creatively uh, and, and show that information. The other format that you can use is uh, videos and animations. And videos here would be, uh, you remember when you talked about it being very personal, being very authentic, being very truthful, you could just using your phone, take a video of you saying, look guys, uh, I need to go to school. I need to go to, to university, but I don't have X amount of money so that I can pay for my tuition. Please help me. So then you can do it as a video or you can do it as an animation. We see social media campaigns a lot. Uh, we see people doing social media campaigns, uh, you know, with hashtags, support, uh, you need to go to school or something or the other. The other format that you can use is a podcast. And uh, this would be really well done, especially for, you know, organizations or NGOs that are, are thinking about how then do we do fundraising for our project? The above, I mean, the list here, it could be something that you could you could look at as, as an opportunity for you to tell your story. So a podcast is one of those places where you bring in uh, the community who's going to benefit there. You know, you could even bring in funders. What are they looking for? You know, so then you can bring in different people to speak about, uh, you know, into that into that particular podcast. You can also do adverts as well. Uh, we see this, we see adverts in the newspapers uh, where you have, you know, that call for help or an appeal, a medical appeal. So those are different formats that you can use for you to, to, to do your fundraising. But then there's also a creative way you can think out of the box and say, you know what, I am going to do coffee cups where I'm going to say uh, for every coffee cup that you buy, you've 10 shillings has gone to, you know, planting a tree, for instance. So uh, when you're thinking about formats of storytelling, think not just within the box, but also also out of the box, you know, the coffee cups, the t-shirts, uh, barazas here would be public meetings, you know, where you can you can bring people to talk about and, and you know, almost like an harambe uh, for the Kenyans in the room would know this, you know, harambe where people come in and, and contribute and such. So there are different formats for different things, uh, for different kinds of fundraising um, opportunities for you to, to, uh, to use. And uh, the beauty of, uh, of all this is that each complements the other and each helps uh, to reinforce uh, what message you wanted to say, okay? Um, so I'll go, I'll go on to the areas of the stuff that you should avoid. In as much as you want to tell your story, your fundraising story, there's a, there's a likelihood you might be tempted to use, if it's a medical appeal, for instance, you might use a complex medical term that not everyone would understand. And the moment someone is reading a story and they stop and they're like, okay, do I need to get my dictionary to find out what this means? You're losing that person. This person won't go all the way to the end to the call to action and say, oh, let me click here and pay, you know, or click here and donate. So, Keep it simple, keep it very, you know, very simple uh, English. I mean, if it's English you're using, very simple words, if it's Kiswahili, whichever, don't go for the heavy words. Same for abbreviations. If there's anything, you know, A, B, C, D, H, something, you don't need to put it. If you can't explain it, keep it out. You don't need to have it there. Uh, statistics. Statistics are good because then they contextualize, you know, one in 10, uh, you know, the people, some people, someone would say, uh, when, when you're talking about mental health, for instance, we say 25% uh, of, uh, of, of the population has a one or another form of uh, mental, you know, uh, ailment. So if you're to bring it down into statistics, you probably say one in four people has a mental health illness and I'm one of the four. 
you see so then you're not you're not going to go into statistics in percentages and stuff just humanizing those stats so that someone can actually say oh actually now i see it so if i if i put in money towards this uh, mental health campaign this is what it's going to mean for this one in four people so unpack those stats let, let them be in our in words that people can understand of course avoid cliches you know stuff that people already know it won't make your story authentic it won't make your your, your story stand out so if you can't stay away from cliches, you know, um, I, 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 some of them have run out of my mind now, but you know, things that um, like, um, uh, you know, a stitch in, being my stitch in time to save nine. I mean, you don't need to use those cliches. Be, tell your story in your own voice. Don't, you don't need to go into cliches. The other thing that you see uh, in some fundraising stories, and I'm, so, I'm sure some of us probably have seen, is copy pasting what what you thought worked for someone else elsewhere or another organization and saying oh if it worked for them it can work for me your stories are different your needs are different your asks are different so make tailor it for your for your uh for your needs so that you're not saying something that uh, you know people already have seen or have, have consumed already and of course avoid deceit don't lie because fundraising, you remember what you talked about, fundraising is really about people, it's very human-centered. The, mo the moment someone realizes you are using deceit, then you throw them off and highly likely they won't engage with you anymore. And of course, finally, don't sensationalize, you know, you don't need to make it bigger than it seems. I know probably, you know, because of the desperation, you're thinking, you know what, I need people to listen, I need people to come in and help. But the moment someone can tell you you're sensationalizing something, highly likely they'll say okay if they can sensationalize about this how sure am i that this story is actually true so you don't want someone starting to question and 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 already canceling you before you actually get the help that you needed okay and so now that you know what is your story i mean now that you know uh what a story is you know the different components of a story now that you know the formats that you can use now that you know uh what you need to avoid my ask really for each of us uh, in, in this, in, in this uh, meeting is to think about what is your story? What is that authentic story that you want someone to resonate with you? And what is your authentic fundraising story? Thinking about uh, you want to fundraise, um, you know, let's say um, you're, you, I mean, you, you're fundraising because there's a house or uh, and a community that their, house, their houses got burnt down, for instance. What is their story? Their story is that they need shelter, you see? Their story is that they need somewhere, you know, to keep warm. Their story is that they need, uh, they need you to help them to go, to, you know, to, to be able to move from a point where they are in a conflict, they have a problem, into a place where they are, they are, they are, they are handling or they are, they are looking at solutions. So think about this in whatever, uh, organization in whatever it is that you're doing in in your in in your work uh you're fundraising for you know environmental issues you're fundraising for a film for instance you want to do a film uh your, whatever it is that you're fundraising find out what is your story and when you're thinking about your story think about which voice whose voice is the best to tell your story organizations sometimes um they there's a temptation for them to say oh uh, we gave, we went to the community, we made a difference, so we need to tell our story. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you need to take a step back and say, let our community, let the beneficiaries tell their story. You know, let our funders tell the story of how or why they're they are putting in, you know, their, their money or their resources or their time towards this particular, um, um, you know, activity or an event or, uh, you know, support that they're, they're getting into. So, um, yeah, what is your story? So I hope uh, maybe when we talk in the in uh, throughout I mean, in the course of this session, we'll get to see 
what is your story? How do you package it now that you know the formats, now that you know what is necessary in, 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 in putting in your story so that you're not, you, you don't confuse the different kinds of stories because you could easily uh, end up, you know, bringing in different things that do not necessarily help you in your fundraising endeavors, okay? And so that's the end of my presentation. Uh, that's my name. Uh, that's where you can get me. Uh, if you need uh, to, I mean, to talk about stories, to share with me a nice story that I could, I could tell or I could learn something from, I'm uh, more than happy to learn from that. Thank you very much. And these are the sources uh, for some of the, of, of uh, what I used to prepare my slides. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, over to you, Naomi. Okay. Wow. Thank you so much, Eunice. Uh, that was quite insightful. And I like that you have uh, really emphasized on how as, fun, as, a, as a fundraiser, you need to uh, pay keen attention uh, on how you're telling your story. Because uh, most often than not, we tend to think uh, this is about us, but it's not because uh, at every single point, uh, have that uh, outside eye that is looking in and seeing uh, this story, am I giving enough detail or am I assuming that because I know this, the, other, uh, the donor is going to also know that. So thank you so much for that. And uh, Matt has joined us. So I would like to invite him to say hi to us as he also uh, gives a comment around fundraising uh, uh, in regard to what uh, Eunice has presented. So uh, Matt, uh, welcome. Hi everyone, great to be with you. And uh, thank you so much, Naomi and Eunice. Uh, actually, Eunice, I think you stole most of my content. I don't have much more I can add on how to tell a story. But I think the, the reason I was uh, asked to join was to look at the business side of things. And I'm assuming most of this audience is Kenyan, so I can talk in Kenyan terms. Um, so, one thing that constantly comes up is I know I can fundraise for a medical bill. That's very much understood. Like it's in the culture, it's the Harambe, it's, it's all that. But when it comes to business, people turn the question, what's in it for me? And that question comes up time and time again. Uh, what I think people don't realize is how much money that startups uh, tap into to, to get going is crowdfunded. Whether you know it or not, crowdfunding is people coming together to support an idea or a project or something that they believe in. And so a quick question to everyone listening, what brings to get, what is the similarity between an individual, an organization and a business? Now the answer I believe is they're all centered around people. What people care about is other people. They don't care about businesses or brands or organizations. If I'm raising money for a cancer institute, I don't care about the cancer institute. I care about the impact they're trying to have on those individuals who are suffering. And when it comes to business, I, I believe the way you have to pitch yourself is to focus on the people who are you trying to serve? Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but every business exists to solve a problem. At least every good business does. Now, if your business is solving a problem, then there's every right to, to raise money towards your business success. And you as the business owner have to believe in your own mission and your own reason for existing. 
if you don't believe in your business, nobody else will. But if you do, then you can convince other people to rally behind you and get that success. So my first point is crowdfunding for a business is possible and raising funds is not just for uh, individuals or for organizations. To illustrate that point again, look at some of the largest companies in the world, uh, Apple, Google, Microsoft, those ones. Now, or even Safaricom since they're in the room. <laughs> now, all of those companies are raising money at some point. There's nothing wrong with raising money because businesses need money to grow and to scale. And so whether you're just getting started and looking for, you've run out of your own savings and you need friends and family to support, or whether you're a massive corporate, you still need to raise money. And there's always someone who has money and someone who needs money. And it's about that matchmaking and connection of, of getting there. When it comes to storytelling, I think one of the best lessons I came across was Simon Sinek, who created a, he had a TED talk called Start With Why. And he gave the example of Apple. So Apple doesn't come to its customers and say, we've built a new computer and it's much more powerful than the last one. They start with why. They start with, we want to create the experience that our consumers want to, to have. It's all about an experience of the product rather than just being a better computer. Because at the time that they launched, the market was already taken up and just stating what you do is, is not going to be enough. Now, how do you differentiate yourself as a business? And if you're raising money for your business, whether it's through crowdfunding platforms such as Mjanga or Thunderfund, or even going directly to people, you, you will need to explain to them why your business exists and why they should be part of its success. And you're giving them an invitation. You're not begging them for money. It's not uh, manipulation and tricking them into giving them your money. Many people are skeptical. They've been involved in pyramid schemes and all these things. So trust is something very difficult to build. And so the reason somebody is going to support your business is because of you. People give to people. They don't give to brands. They don't give to organizations. They don't give to things. So again, it comes down to you, your motivation as a business person and what problem uh, you are trying to solve. Um, when it comes to, and, and I think this was uh, alluded to from you, the, the format matters. Now, you could write a very long description of your business and it could be very compelling, but I want to, you to challenge yourself. When was the last time you read something that was more than one page long? I'm sure it, it's very rare. And so don't expect other people to go and read big, long pieces of text. People like WhatsApp, they like short messages that they can read as they're on the move, whilst they're commuting. They like short videos, something that's engaging, that gets their attention quickly. So you need to get your message across quickly. If somebody needs more details, let them ask for it, let them look for it. But if you're trying to get somebody's attention, uh, Today, I think you have 30 seconds. And so anything that's longer than 30 seconds, just be careful because someone is going to be falling asleep. Um, so yeah, I, I think, Naomi, I think I've captured the two key things I wanted to, to explore in terms of fundraising and business. 
And just for clarity, I, you know, I, I'm involved with M Changa, I'm involved with Thunder Fund. I've seen different types of fundraising and what works. And sorry, <laughs> come back to you in a minute. Um, the person asking is really important. Like, if you don't have a network and that's your main concern, but what you're doing is brilliant, find someone who has a network who really cares about what you do and get them to help you with sharing. Like, there's ways of doing it. If your idea really is that brilliant, you are going to find a way to succeed. Okay, Naomi, let's go to you. Okay. Uh, thank you, Matt, for also reminding us that it is okay for us to like uh, get help when doing this from people maybe in our networks who have the influence and the ability to get more people uh, onto knowing about the fundraiser. And so before we get into the, uh, the question number four, uh, Michael, do we have a question that uh, we can answer that, and that's related to the session we've just had? Thank you so much, Eunice. Thank you, Matt and Naomi. That is a very, very good presentation. So I'm actually learning instead of moderating. <laughs> so there's a, a first question from George, and this one is going to you, Eunice. Uh, George is asking that in case uh, where someone is using a video to tell a story, uh, how long should it be? So someone just I don't know the length of the video. Then uh, as you are answering that, then you can I think Dennis joined later after you've introduced yourself. Dennis mm -hmm. is asking that which organization are you from? Are you working with? So kindly that one will just be part of your introduction, which you did as you answer the length. Thank you oh. and welcome. Thank you. Um, I, I think Matt has uh, alluded to this. Uh, our attention span is reducing because of, you know, of the digital space that we currently are, we are working. So a video, a good video, um, I would suggest if you can, uh, for something very quick and short, keep it in a minute. Do a one minute video um, and you will for sure have someone watch it from beginning to end. Uh, when you think about it, think of it as uh, I'm sure we most of us are on, I mean, we access YouTube and you see sometimes when you want to watch something and then there's an advert, there are some videos that are extremely short, like literally 10 seconds and they tell you everything that they, they had to tell you. So it could be as little as 10 seconds, it could be as much as a minute. But then if you, I mean, that, that is if you want to put it on, you know, on digital, on social. But then if you want to share it, say um, you package it and you want to maybe put it on your website or you want to put it on a place where someone can sit and they have more time to go through it, then you can work maybe three minutes uh, or so. But then there are people who would even do a whole documentary, you know, like organizations would do a documentary for 15 minutes or something, they would even get uh, media space. So it, it really depends on one, which platform you want to put it, uh, you want to publish this uh, video and to who your audience is. Because if you're, if you're going to do a 15 minutes thing, then I'd imagine probably want to show it maybe during your annual meeting, you know, with, the, I don't know, when you're having your, with your donors, but even then 15 minutes is too long because people will check out by three minutes because they're thinking, okay, uh, I need to be out of this place. So uh, I would recommend keep it under three minutes but if you want something quick and fast and pretty and you show people will watch one minute, but if, you, if you're brave and you, you, know, you know you can tell a story in seconds, 10 seconds. Yeah. Thanks, Eunice. Oh, and then, can also... Yeah, sorry, sorry, much. I was gonna say, I, I agree with you. Uh, if people think about how much time they spend actually consuming content, you know, if it's on Netflix or YouTube, 
it's actually hours. So we recommend keeping it under a minute. People do spend time consuming content, but usually it's entertainment. And if it's going to be a documentary, then it's, it's going to have to be really high quality and interesting. So yeah. the length of your video depends on how interesting it is. And unfortunately, to make it really interesting, you're probably going to need quite a big budget. So most of us out here are with a, a minimal budget. And so we want to keep it short. And uh, yeah, so just consider what you keep attention to is going to be the same for your audience. Yeah. Um, I think Dennis had asked uh, which organizations I, I which organization I work for. I work sure. at Safaricom. I I am a manager content generation. So simply, I tell stories. Awesome. Thank you so much for that, Naomi. Back to you. I think that's the question. We, we are only taking that one. The rest will be able to at least handle during the Q and A. Over to you, Naomi. Yes, uh, thank you uh, for the questions and also for the answers. And uh, so now we are going to get into the last bit of the discussion where we now have an important question where we have uh, normally uh, when you are an organization or when you are a business, uh, the things that you want to maybe fundraise for are uh, things that do not uh, majorly have an instant appeal. And so, for instance, if I am um, fundraising, to build a, a house, uh, to build a building maybe for the beneficiaries. Uh, how best is it that you are able to, as a business and then as an organization, how are you able to create appeals uh, onto your story just to maybe humanize it and make it better and uh, give it appeal to people who are fundraising? So we will just like to get ideas from you because uh, you have been working uh, with uh, businesses and organizations uh, that uh, have raised funds for things in production and all that. And Eunice also, uh, you have also uh, worked in a space where you have been able to uh, demystify very complex things in a, into stories that are very consumable by people, uh, the common person. And so I would just like to hear from you guys, uh, what are some of the ways that people can be able to make sure that these stories have the appeal that it needs to be able to uh, push people uh, into donating to their fundraisers. So I believe Eunice uh, or Michael, uh, sorry, Eunice and Ormat, one of you will start and then uh, the other will answer second. Okay, I could I could go first. Um, I think um, I'll give an example. I, I worked uh, in a newsroom and my role at the newsroom was to write and to tell stories about health and science. And so that meant that I, I was, you know, I was interacting with researchers and scientists. I was listening to complex stuff, you know, very uh, heavy, you know, heavy kind of, of, of science stuff. So my role as a storyteller, as a writer, and as a journalist was to unpack all that heavy complex stuff in a way that uh, resonated with people. So how did this look like? So for the stories, for instance, that I did um, say um, something around um, cancer treatment, for instance, um, the researchers have done all these beautiful studies, you know, taken time and they've discovered that uh, there's, a, there's a relationship between, uh, let me give an example, a relationship between, say, um, exercising and, you know, exercising to improve the quality of life of someone who has cancer, for instance. But that is not how it was said. It was said in very complex uh, 
you know, uh, vocabulary and stuff. So the task here is how then do you, uh, how then do you tell the story in a way that a cancer patient, a cancer caregiver, and you know, we'll, we'll look at this and say, you know what, I, I think it's talking to me. So how I would do it, I would tell it in, in ways that they would relate with. Uh, as storytellers, as, as journalists, we always say that we are, you know, journalists have the experts, you know, the, the thoughts of an expert. We, we think like the experts, we understand like the ex experts. But when you say it, you say it like a gossip, you know, a gossip will, will find the juicy parts to, you know, to say them. So it's the same thing for, uh, for, for, for storytelling. So for me, I, when I was telling that story of, of how exercise is, 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 is helpful to improve the quality of a, a cancer patient, I would say, you know, I would, I'd break it down in, in, in the words, you know, like I would probably, I, I probably would say, uh, did you know 30 minutes a day out in the sun stretching can give you X number, you know, so it's something that someone can, can relate with. Now that is help. When I moved to UNEP when I was writing about coral reefs, I mean, coral reefs are deep in the sea, down in the sea, like at the base of the, of the ocean. So my, my, my task was to write about the importance of coral reefs and how these have been able, you know, why we should protect them. So how I, how I used to do my storytelling was to look at how critical coral reefs are. You know, the life below water was critical for the life above water. So how I would do this is, did you know actually that coral reefs, uh, you know, they're like the little, they're, they're like the underwater cities um, in the sea. But what they do is that they to provide homes for fish. It's the same fish that out here on, on earth, we are depending on for livelihoods, for, you know, for income and such. So being able to make it matter, so if you if you are to destroy the coral reefs because of pollution because of, of of all these other things then your fish you won't be able to get your fish on your plate as you would in the next x number of years you see so making it matter bringing it down to uh, in a way that someone can understand so um my advice there would be always think you know think like an expert but speak like a gossip how would you unpack it in a way that someone would understand as quickly as efficiently as possible yeah Thanks, Eunice. I, I can come in here. Um, so for someone who's starting a campaign and thinking about their strategy, um, think about the times when you use social media. So usually you're on transit or you're home. You're, you're usually trying to escape work or escape boredom or something like that. So your mind is not looking for something to, to purchase. And so the immediate thing when you're reaching out to people is not to, to ask for money, but to, to spread awareness. Just like when, you, when you're in business, you're, you're not trying to sell to people all the time. You're trying to build awareness and then make the sale. So with crowdfunding, if you, if you post on Facebook one time, don't expect people to, to start funding your project. It doesn't work like that. But if you post it on Facebook, and then you send someone a direct uh, WhatsApp message, that's, they've seen it twice and they have that personal connection and they're far more likely to support. So you have to see it the same way. Your, your idea is to get eyeballs onto something, something that's interesting. Um, I like your interesting about, I like your example of the coral. Uh, we had a campaign that was, now you see me, which was about the preservation of sea turtles. Now, if I ask most people, they're not gonna know much about sea turtles. So the first step is to inform. And turtles 
are basically the, the carriers of the, the ecosystem of the ocean. They travel long distances and they can tell us the health of the water and the pollution and things like that. And that's a reason why I should support them. So the message is just to, to hook me in. Now, to give you a closer example, if I go to the market, I'm sure you'll come across the, the saying, looking is free. The market seller wants you to, to touch it. They want you to smell it. They want you to feel it. Once you've engaged your senses, now I'm going to ask you to buy it. I'm 100% more likely to buy compared to just passing by and them shouting at me, you need to buy this. So it's about bringing people in, engaging their senses, engaging their emotion and drawing them to a close. It's not a hard sell. People hate to be feel like manipulated or forced to do anything. So just bear that in mind. The, the same ways that people use to get us to buy things are the same ways that we use to, to get people to, to fund our thing. And again, it's not about manipulation. It's about giving the opportunity and sharing that, um, inviting someone to support rather than kind of begging them to, to be part of it. Naomi, you're on mute. Oh, sorry, sorry for that. Yeah, uh, so I, I was saying that uh, it was it is quite important to notice what, that you have mentioned that one. Uh, we should not make it be like a big deal. We should just uh, imagine what it is that normally will happen and just apply that into the fundraising. And I also liked what Eunice mentioned that uh, think like an expert, but talk like a gossiper. Uh, so I hope that uh, those two are going to help us uh, find a way to create appeal to the uh, to uh, situations where we feel like our fundraising needs do not have an appeal. And so at this point, I will maybe uh, allow uh, Michael to join uh, to now move in as we go into the Q and A session, so that we can answer uh, the questions that you have. So feel please feel free to drop more questions into the Q and A session. We'll be able to answer them. Uh, for the next about uh, 15 to 20 minutes. So Michael, over to you. Thank you so much, Naomi. And uh, I'll just be quick to re uh, at least give an answer to some two. Uh, Emmanuel is asking that will the, will the recordings be shared with the presentation with uh, participants? I confirm that that will be shared. We said when you are starting that we'll be able to share the recordings plus the video. So kindly don't worry. You'll be able to have this in, uh, you'll be able to have this. There's also a question that someone, Eric, is asking that what is your charge per fundraising? So Eric, if you are raising uh, on Mchanga, uh, Mchanga charge as a service fee upon withdrawal, which we will be able to charge you a service fee of 4.25% upon the withdrawal. So I'll straightly move to the Q&A. And uh, the first question is from Steve Biko. Steve Biko is asking that, is it possible for you to work with a person on a one on a one-on-one -on -one basis on fundraising. I think this one here, Eunice and uh, Matt, that uh, is it possible that you can be able to assist someone one-on-one, -on -one, not like the way we are in our webinar, but maybe after this, you now engage someone one-on-one -on -one and just take them through the fundraising. So I'll be able to take a questions of two, then uh, you'll be able to, we'll be able to answer that. Then there's another question that, how do we maintain a balance between the people we want to serve and the organization. For example, 
NGOs using the stories of individuals to raise funding? How do you, how do you know that? How do we maintain a balance between the people we want to serve and the organization? For example, NGOs using the story of individuals to raise funding. How do you know that you are, that you, your organization is enough? Mm -hmm. wow. I'll request you need to go first. <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Um, I, let me, let me just pull it up. Uh, how do you maintain a balance between the people we want to serve and the organization? Um, I think um, an organization, your, your, your purpose should lead you, you know, if your, if your purpose is to serve the community, if your purpose is to serve the people, that is who you're answerable to, you know, um, so, um, I mean, how you maintain the balance is if you, for whatever reason, you discover that you're putting more focus on yourself and not the community, then you need to tip the scales, then you need to go back to the community and find out what do we need to do. So, uh, for example, NGO using stories of individuals to raise funding. Um, I mean, if uh, if it, it if that is how uh, that is, that is their business model, that this is how they'll be raising funds by telling people stories, then that's okay. I think maybe the maybe I, I'm, I'm alluding maybe the question that you wanted to ask. You know, how how um, at what point do you know that this is enough that you 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 stop using people's stories for fundraising? Um, again, your purpose. Your purpose is what is going to advise. If you if you can tell, uh, you know how if you can tell how, or how you can see how success looks like, then it will be easier for you to say, okay, now we stop at this point or we continue up until when we achieve success. So I, I guess I don't know if I've, I've answered the question correctly, but uh, purpose, purpose, purpose. If you cannot be guided by what your your, your mission vision is, um, then yeah, the community will come in second, which will unfortunately will not serve the community as you intended to. Thank you. Matt, do you have something to add on top of that? Yes. Um, so I, I think there's, there's a couple of things. It's knowing your purpose, as Eunice has said, and that really should be your guiding principle of why and what you do. Um, and also to know your audience. So so give, give an example from uh, effective altruism. They, they give the example of what's better? Do I fund someone from childhood all the way through university so that they can get a very high paying job and serve the community? Or do I pay for, I don't know, 50,000 deworming pills that could really help a community? Now, there's not particularly one answer to that question. It depends on who you are, what's, what you deem as uh, impactful. So when you ask, how do I know if it's enough? If it's in the space of development, it probably is never enough, right? There's, there's always more need. So it's about knowing what your role is and being able to focus on the problem you're trying to solve is the only effective way. If you're distracted by every new thing that comes up, or let's say you're in cancer care, and then there's an opportunity to get funding in solar, you should not lose your mission because you see an opportunity somewhere else. You should actually try to stick to your mission so that you can focus and achieve what your goal is. If you find that there's somebody doing what you're trying to do better than you, then it's, you should question, you know, am I the person to be doing this or can I work with them? You know, it, you should question your model constantly because the environment is always changing. Um, 
nobody can really answer that question for you, but really it should not be about you or the organization. It should be about what you're trying to achieve. Thank, thank you so much for that. And James was asking that, how do you keep the discussion interactive in terms of storytelling? I think that one was well covered during the presentation. And then Dennis, which organizations are Matt and Michael from, and can I get the contact? We'll be able to, uh, um, Michael is from Mchanga. I serve at Mchanga as business development officer. Matt is at Mchanga and also Thunder Fund. And uh, we, we will be able to share the email address that you can be able to reach us on in case of anything. So uh, kindly, Eunice, this is to you. Think like an expert, but talk like a gossiper. Kindly elaborate. Kindly just take a few minutes to explain that sweet word that I'm also eager to know more about it. Over to you. Okay, um, I'll, I'll give you an example. If someone, if a child is to ask you, if your child was to ask you, Dad, I see every day you wake up in the morning, you dress up, you know, well, before that was pre-COVID and I see you're going to work. What exactly is it that you do? What would you tell them? Uh, if I, if I, uh, if, I mean, for, for instance, if I'm a doctor or if I'm a surgeon, I'd say uh, I fix broken hearts or I, I fix, you know, um, broken bones. But when I'm talking in my mind, you know, I, I know that I'm a not, you know, I'm a cardiologist uh, at this level. I mean, I, I have all this expertise knowledge in me, but I don't need to say that. And, and you see sometimes in communications and in, and, and in, in uh, to some extent also in fundraising, you go in and you can clearly tell this person is talking as if they're talking to fellow experts because you have no idea what they're talking about. You know, they're talking about you know uh, if we can, we, if we if uh, if we do not move in in you know in quick whatever we will lose you know in figures percentages and heavy complex science people won't understand that people cannot relate to that because it, in conversational words in conversational speak. People are more, you know, you make it as simply as simple as possible. So think about the child, your four-year-old, your or even your grandma. If your grandma, you went back to your to your village and your grandma asks you, I, I, I hear you people in Nairobi are now working from home. What exactly is it that you do? You won't tell them, you know, I'm an auditor and I, I look at the numbers and these percentages and you won't go that, the capex and all these things, no? You'll tell them, I make sure that, uh, you know, we the money that we get, we, we manage it properly or whichever, whichever you, you use simpler words. So you think like an expert, you know your subject matter, you are an expert in your field and everything. But when you're saying it, you're saying it like a gossip, simple, quick, you know, pithy words. And if I was even to say it even quite literally, if you're thinking about a gossip, a gossip does not, you know, put you waiting for a story for 10 minutes. In the shortest time possible, you can tell, this is what happened, this is who was caught, you know, doing whatever. So think about it the same way. Think like an expert, you know, but then now unpack it in very simple, relatable language. Yeah. And Thank you so much for that, Eunice. There's an interesting question, which uh, like uh, when you are setting up an account with Mchanga, we allow people to upload a photo. So you find someone is raising money for medical and they take a photo of someone, maybe someone who is suffering from cancer, and they mm -hmm. take that picture and a very, when you look at it, you being as an human, you 
you shuka kidogo by seeing that photo. So this is that working with persons with disability brings in the need to keep a lot of things confidential. How can we make a story that could be catching without spilling a lot of info information that should be confidential? Organization, mm -hmm. gifted community center. So that is from Dennis. Uh, the second question is, what is the time frame per fundraising? Global, glo 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 global funding gives a window of around one month. So I think I will be able to answer that, that uh, when you are raising uh, money on Mchanga, we don't limit you on the time of duration. You can run the account as long as you want, but there are some accounts that obviously they will have a duration. For example, you are raising money for an emergency response. There is a, a, a flood somewhere and you are helping to these people. Once you write a story there, you can't continue talking of this story even after the rains have, and it's no longer raining, things have gone back to normal, but you still want to raise money from people talking that you are helping these people who are affected by the flood. Mm -hmm. So I think that one I've answered. So I'll go, I'll get it over to you, Nis, on, mm -hmm. the, on the confidentiality of the information. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, that's a brilliant question, Dennis. Thank you for, for bringing it up. Confidentiality is always paramount. You should not uh, put your, you know, shouldn't cause harm to your, in, in journalism, we call them sources, the people whose story you are telling. You shouldn't cause them any harm. Um, how would you tell the story without, you know, without uh, exposing them? I'll give you an example. Uh, with a story that I did. So there's a, 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 a woman that I met in Thika. Um, she, was, uh, she, was, uh, she was admitted in hospital a couple of times because she was overdosing on ARVs. And for the longest time, she, I mean, she would go, she'd be told, you need to take two, you need to take this. You need, and for her, whenever she'd go back to her house, she ended up taking either the wrong one or should take too many, or too, much, too many tablets and such. What was the problem? The problem was that she was blind. ARVs and the drugs that we know do not have braille. So you, I mean, you can't, you know, with braille, you can feel at the surface and say, oh, this is, uh, this is what this drug is saying, this is what, but that was not the case. So her story was that, uh, you know, the challenge of being blind and you still need to take ARVs without, you know, getting overdosed and stuff. So you, finding creative ways to show someone's plight without telling anything about them, you know? So being able to say, uh, you know, for, for, for me, if I was to tell the story about disability, I would talk about, you know, uh, the challenges of, uh, so blind is one thing. Imagine another disability, someone who cannot hear or someone who cannot talk and they want to go and get, um, you know, they want to get a HIV test. How do they do it? How do they say, I want to, 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 you know, I want to get a test? How then, even if they go through, they jump that hurdle and they're able to get the test, how, would, how do they interpret the results? So you can show someone's story without ever mentioning their name, you know? I have done stories, so that's another story that I've done. I've done stories of, you know, of, of, of people who, uh, you know, have a physical disability but they've been able to, you know, they've been able to go on deaths, they've been able to find love, they've been able, so you do not, you do not ever have to mention anyone's name. You can show what their plight is. You can show a case in the first case of someone who, you know, was overdosing on ARVs because of something that was completely not taken into account, braille. You can talk about how difficult it is for, you know, uh, for help. So I, I'd imagine if I was fundraising for say, uh, the first one would be 
uh, help us, uh, you know, get uh, uh, braille medicine, you know, available in the country. And for you, it, could not, it may not even be raising money, it could be fundraising or it could be campaigning to ask for, uh, you know, pharmacies and organizations to include braille labeling. You see, so you do not have to mention anyone's name for you to tell their story. You just, you can simply just show it. I hope that that helps. Thank you so much for that, uh, Eunice. Matt, do you want to add something? Yes, please. Um, Kindly. I mean, for, for confidentiality, of course, getting permission is important. And if it's a sensitive topic, then avoiding putting people in it. But to take it one step further, you know, let's think about dignity. Like that's a very important thing. These platforms are public and people can, can see them and they can make an impression and they can have very um, damaging effect even if that wasn't the attention. Look at the link I've posted on the chat from Global Giving, they've put a very nice uh, short understanding of uh, dignity and respect and um, confidentiality. Mm -hmm. So if you are an NGO, please do take a look at that and even print it out and give it to your team. Um, but, but fundamentally, by building these platforms and putting these messages out to the world, you have to think, what is somebody going to see and interpret from this? We're not trying to guilt people. If you guilt someone into giving money, they'll give once. If you convince someone that I'm making an investment into the future, they'll give many times. So don't be short-sighted in how you appeal for money. Of course, shocking images get attention, but it's, you know, it's not what we want to put out there. And then look at Africa as a continent or what do people see when they look at Kenya? Maybe they look at sport or maybe they look at poverty, but we know that there's a lot of innovation. There's a lot of beautiful things here. There's things that are not out there in the general public. And it's actually up to us to tell that story and to be positive. People respond better to stories that have a character and they respond better to pictures where people are smiling as opposed to being sad. So try to put that positive hopeful approach in your fundraising rather than desperate and needy because nobody wants to to have that reputation of being desperate and needy and it's not going to benefit your your brand or your cause overall thank you so much for that i'll go to i'll go to the next question for from elvis he's asking that what is m changa and what do i need to raise funds for my business on your platform so Mchanga is an online fundraising platform that provides Kenyans with a secure, transparent, and convenient way to raise funds. We ensure that fundraisers reach their fundraising goals quickly, easily, and with the lowest cost possible. Uh, I, I'll take the last question because we are having uh, six minutes remaining. So I'll take, and most of the questions have been answered. I'll check if there are more than we're able to, but just a quick one. Uh, Steve is asking that what is the best methodology in telling a change story from an organization's point of view in raising when trying? Sorry. Uh, what is the what is the best method? What is the best methodolo methodology in telling a change story from an organization point of view in raising when trying to raise funds for an organization's? Matt, kindly you'll go first. I'm trying to understand the question. Hang on. Okay. 
I mean, if you're an organization that's been around for a while, then you can always use um, stories from the past. People like to see success. So examples and real life cases. So make it relatable that way, if I'm understanding uh, that, if that's what you're asking by methodology. Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure how else to answer that. Eunice, any ideas? Eunice, are you getting the question? I think your the question uh, is around, uh, it could be about, uh, I, as an organization, should I do stories? Should I do uh, pictures, the goodies and all that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I, oh, okay. So what method or what to, um, what um, format should you use? I think um, for you to know what, what, uh, what would work best would be better if you knew who your audience is and where they'll get your information. So uh, if you do, let's say photos uh, or photo stories and you share them on, on WhatsApp or you, you know, it, it really depends on what method um, and where your audience is because your audience at the end of the day is who is most important. If your audience cannot find you where they need you, then you could do some beautiful videos, but there would just be that. They'll just be, you know, they'll be sitting nicely on your on your YouTube page. So when you're thinking about uh, what format, what what uh, you know, what format for you to use, think about your audience. But uh, then there are some there are some that are cross cutting. You can you definitely can't go wrong if you do short, uh, you know, short videos. You know what we talked about the ten seconds, one minute or so kind of videos. You can't go wrong if you do, um, you know, if you do short written stories. Uh, think about, you know, if in terms of Twitter, your tweets or uh, a Facebook post, and then you include some photos inside. So it really matters where your audience is going to get your content, but there are those that are cross-cutting. Keep it short, keep it succinct, keep it very, very interesting. Then you have more likelihood of someone engaging with your, with your content, regardless of whichever format that you use. And also, sorry, just to add on that, uh, I think also the other thing is for brands and not really brands, but even individuals and organizations to think about, uh, find out from other people who are like you, your peers, what are they using? Is it working? Is it something, how, how did you find that information? Then see if you can replicate and, and maybe tweak it to serve you, your need. Thank you so much for that, Eunice. So I'll just, uh... Uh, just to wind up on some questions for some people, some people are asking that what do they need to raise on Mchanga? Uh, in Mchanga, once you set up an account for the purpose of transparency and accountability, we always ask you to provide three people to be treasurers. Or we always ask you to provide people to be treasurers in the account. That will always vary based on what you're fundraising for, but it's always a maximum of three. And we also require a document just to confirm that uh, if it's a registered, registered organization, we always require a document for the verification. And if it's for hospital, we always require hospital bill or admission letter for us to verify the accounts. Uh, Elvis asked that, how do I access Mchanga? Are you on Play Store as an app? So I might have shared our website page. Kindly just visit www.changa.co.ke. You'll be able to find much about us there. I'm seeing there's no hand that uh, no one is raising his or her hand. So I'm sure I'm not locking anyone out. And up to that point, I'll be able to take it back to Naomi as we, as we wind up. We are almost in time. I've, and all the questions have been tackled. Naomi, back to you. 
Okay, uh, thank you, Michael. And uh, thank you everyone who's been uh, with us from the beginning till now. Thank you, Matt and uh, Eunice for taking your time to come and speak with us today. Uh, we appreciate and uh, personally, I have learned a lot and I believe all of us have. Uh, we are going to share with you the recordings uh, either tomorrow evening or on Monday morning. So uh, the recordings and all the relevant links that have been shared on the chat are going to be included in that email. So uh, don't worry about that, we will do that. Michael also, thank you for uh, assisting with moderating. And uh, yeah, thank you everyone. Uh, we look forward to having you again soon. Yeah, thank you.